You're listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. Hardwood Hoops, basketball on The Sizzle. You're listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. You know who it is. You know what it is. It's The Sizzle in the building. And tonight we have a special guest. We have a history-making coach. That's right, the 2023 Class 3A sectional champ for the Lady Trojans, the Highland Trojans. And he gives Highland its eighth sectional title in school history. We are honored to have with us this evening, Coach Darian Strader. Coach Strader, how are you this evening? I'm doing well. I can't complain. I'm excited to be on the show today and looking forward to it. Well, thank you so much. We're excited to have you here. Not only is it Women's History Month, but it's also Women Empowerment Month. And this is the month where we sit down and we really get to let the community know those who are making power moves and those who are working in the community. And one of the persons we thought of immediately was you. And so coach, before we get started, let's just dive in real quickly. Can you tell us how you began your coaching career? How did everything get started for you? So once I uh, graduated college, um, I went right into coaching. Um, I started my career at Maryville high school. I coached under coach Govert for um, four years of my career. And then now I am at Highland and going into my third year next season. That's a long time. That's a long time in the coaching world because you don't get a lot (laughs) of time. But in the region, they are lucky to have you. So I'm going to say it first. I'll save it to last, (laughs) but I'll say it first. But tell us something. What was your goal? coming into the 2023 season? What was it that you guys, as you, as your staff, what did you put together that you wanted to accomplish with your young ladies this year? This year, we knew that we definitely wanted to, first, we wanted to try to win conference. And then we also um, had the goal of winning sectionals. And so all year, that's what we um, had in mind. And so every practice and every game was geared toward the end goal of the season, which was winning sectionals and going as far as we could. As you were going on this run and as you were taking it step by steps, I know that you had players that you looked at and you saw growth being there the year previous. You had seen some of the young ladies. Can you tell us about some of your players that made that growth, that jump that helped to propel you into sectionals championship contending a realm or into a championship team i brought back well we brought back all of our guards from the previous year um the guards were very um they had they played a huge role in the success that we had this year um we weren't a very big team but our team had a lot of heart and so um specifically um our seniors uh, we had a couple seniors that um, played some vital roles. They've been playing varsity since uh, their freshman year. And so um, when I came in, um, of course, everything was uh, different and everything changed. But they bought into what it was that we were trying to do and what we were trying to accomplish. And so I think that um, just them buying in was what allowed them to uh, get that success that they got. I know you have a lot of girls and I know you don't want to make it sound like it's just one who was extra special, but was there one as you were making this run through the season that was a standout 
not only a leader on the court, but one that excelled in the classroom also? Um, yes, honestly, the entire uh, team, they excelled in the classroom. And so that was actually one problem that we did not have to uh, worry about. They did what they needed to do in the classroom first before um, basketball. Now, we spoke earlier and we talked about a time when you actually changed the practice schedule for your team and how everything kind of went with the girls as they would come in after they finished their day in school. Can you tell the listeners how you went about redesigning that whole system for your players last year to make them more successful in the classroom and on the court? Our practice schedule this past season was a little um, kind of, we went mornings and we went nighttime practices. And so the kids, um, they had time to do their work um, before we had practice or um, they didn't have to worry about practice in the evening when we went in the morning. And so they had plenty of time to uh, work on homework. And so I believe that having that type of schedule allowed them to focus on um, getting their work done when they needed to. Now we talked about your coaching staff and we've talked about what you had and you had a new coaching staff this season, correct? Correct. So how did you integrate your new coaches into what you were doing previously and make it all work to get to the sectional championship? Well, everyone on my staff, um, well, so three of them, this was their first year coaching. Um, and then my assistant, uh, we've been coaching pretty much since I've started together. And so uh, we all just had the same mindset which was a winning mindset. And so our mindset was just that we want to win. We want these girls to get better. And then we want them to accomplish the goals that we all have set before us for the season. And so I think that because we all had the mindset that allowed us to work very well together. And that is important. Being able to all be on the same page, be able to be in tune, know what your staff is thinking and, what they think of you and how that all that synergy works. But I'm going to go a little bit off script and I'll ask you this coach. How do you keep your energy up to, cause your day seems tremendously long and you're a new mommy <laughs> also. So how did you yep. keep all of that being a wife, being a mother and coach, how do you, and an instructor, correct? Yep. Teacher. So how do you keep all of that together? How do you keep your energy going? What's, what's on in your you know your diet that keeps you moving and, and grooving and keeping going forward i wouldn't say that it's def i wouldn't say that it's easy um but i just do my best to um just focus on one thing at a time um i just recently started back incorporating exercising um so i think that that's been helping me lately um but throughout the season i would say just um just keeping my mind focused on one thing at a time, um, not putting so much pressure on myself to get things done that, um, you know, it's just, I just take my time. I just do what I need to do. I like that. I like that you're taking your time, prioritizing, but also taking it easy and taking it mellow to get you into that good mind state. And it helps the girls to be relaxed, helps your coaching staff to be relaxed. But I know it mm -hmm. had to be tense going into that handover game. I know the girls had to 
they were nervous, probably the coaching, especially your new coaches, they were a little nervous. Walk the listeners through, what was it like getting ready for that handover game? What was your your ideal for how you structured that game and how what was your game plan for that game? Well, um, so that entire week um, of sectionals, so we had to buy for the first game and then we um, played on Friday night before we got to Saturday. And so I think that, well, a couple of things that we did incorporate was um, we cut off social media, um, we fasted, we just, uh, we practiced hard. Uh, we just really just um, locked in for that entire week uh, to make sure that we got to Saturday. And I just told the girls that we just, just give it all the entire 32 minutes. Just give everything that you have um, until we get to the end. Then you can rest. But the game plan was to work outwork the other team for the entire game. When you looked over at Hanover's roster, who was the one player you were trying to eliminate? Who was that one that your defense focused on that you knew if you could control them or contain them, you had a better percentage chance of winning that game? Um, They had two um, young ladies that uh, we wanted to make sure that they didn't get rolling. And so they had a post player and they also had a guard who was their energizer, their best defensive player. Uh, we knew that if we got those two out, that um, that we had it. And so um, we were able to get the guard out early in foul trouble, and then we were able to keep their post player off the board. And so once we did that, I knew that we had it. How did you get the girls to buy in and know that to align with your vision of what you saw and how you wanted to run your offense and defense during the game? I knew that we were were not very big. And so, um, since we're not very big, we had to utilize our speed. Um, a lot of things were ran through our, our guards. And so, um, I just knew that if our guards could get going, um, if we could knock down shots on the outside, um, if we can get to the free throw line, then I knew that we would absolutely uh, be successful. Again, winning recipe. I like the way that you're going through this piece by piece. This is a master course for young coaches who are listening, for those young ladies out there who say, I can do coaching, I can be in coaching, and I want to follow this model. And you're setting up a model for them to follow and be able to replicate in their programs. So tell me this, Coach, out of all of your young ladies, do you have any that are going off to D1, D2 schools? What's the path for your seniors and your current guards and your current players on your team? We don't have anyone going D1, D2 right now, but we do have um, a few that are going off to school to play. And so um, my biggest thing is it doesn't matter whether it's D1, D2, D3, NAIA, as long as you can get your schooling paid for and you can go somewhere and play um, and actually enjoy it, then, then do it. It doesn't, in my opinion, I think that sometimes we get so caught up in the D1 and D2 that we overlook the other opportunities that are placed in front of us. True. We're in that tournament time now where a lot of kids have been overlooked. A lot of good players have been passed by because they didn't fit a mold in a certain program. In fact, we see that already with John L. Davis, a regional Mm -hmm. 
child who it, he's the son of Gary. He's played here, gone through the program, did things the right way, and now is having a major impact in the tournament. But it's all because right. he got the, as you said, an opportunity to go out and play. Right. So walk us through this because this is one of the questions that I always ask coaches and I'm going to propose it to you. Is there a difference coach between a hooper and a baller? I would say yes. Um, Cause I would say one is just natural talent. And then I would say the other is just, I have to work to get to where I am and understanding the game. I think that some basketball players, they, fully understand the game of basketball and then I think that there's some other players that just have just that natural um I can hoop talent see I knew that there was a difference when we say it I knew I was on the right path I just wanted you to confirm <laughs> it that we were talking about yeah. the same thing but I do believe there is a difference between hoopers and ballers but let's deviate for a moment let's go because we talked about this before and we've talked about where you stand, especially with this being Women's History Month, Women's Empowerment Month. You're a woman of faith, again, an educator, mm-hmm. a mom, a wife, a coach. How do you motivate young ladies through faith? How do you take them through this walk step by step with faith as their guide? Well, the first thing that I always say is uh, to keep God first. Always pray, no matter what. Um, whether you're up or down, pray. Um, never forget, you know, who allows you to play this game. And just try to do things that will help you uh, stay focused on Christ and keeping him first. And so that's my uh, main thing. It's not an easy walk, but I think that just taking it day by day is what helps uh, build your relationship. It is. It's something that I think as you walk and as you get older, you realize how much you rely on your faith and how it set principles and those boundaries for you, but not just boundaries, how it sets your whole life in a course to move you forward. But we're talking about empowerment and being Women's Empowerment Month. What is it, coach, to you? What does women's empowerment look like? What does it mean to you? Um, to me, women's empowerment means to to be confident, be bold, love who you are as a woman, love what you can do as a woman, build up the relationships with women around you, set examples for the younger women. And so I believe that that's really what women's empowerment means to me is to just build those relationships with the women around you, build that confidence up in women around you. You had a mixed staff, right? There were... How many men did you have on your staff? Uh, there were no men on my staff. Okay, so you didn't have any men. So you had an all-lady staff. Yep. Okay, all right, perfect. So here we go. We're going to walk down this road. I don't know. You have to let me know. You have to let our listeners know. For those who are not women, how do you guys work together? How do you get this thing going? How do you motivate each other? How do you keep encouraging each other as you're walking through your daily lives? Some things that we do, we can encourage each other, call each other. We will send scriptures um, to each other sometimes. Just letting each other know, you know, if you need something, uh, we're always there. We're always available for each other. And just letting each other know, like, this is a open space. This is a uh, confidential space. And so 
you know, if any if any one of us were going through something, um, someone else would step up. And I think just being there for each other was the biggest thing. I think that is an amazing way of putting things together and making sure that you're keeping your camaraderie, but you're also keeping your mission. You're staying focused and you're staying on task as to what you will be doing. But before we go any further, Coach, those who want to follow you, support you, how do they follow you? How do they keep in contact with you? How do they follow the things that you're doing and that the Lady Trojans are doing? So my Instagram is Darian underscore Elijah. My Twitter is Coach Straw, S-T-R-A-U-G-H 24. And my Facebook is my first and last name, Darian Strauder. Coach, I know that you're the fearless leader of the Lady Trojans. But you're also a mommy. So as a new mommy, what's that experience like, especially as a coach and you're traveling and going? What's that? How do you explain to young ladies what they have to do to be a mother and a coach and a wife all at the same time? Well, the first thing is just understanding that um, these things are time consuming. And so um, just understanding the time that is spent away from your family. And um, just being able to pretty much be okay with that. And then, but once you're done, you still have to go home and, you know, take care of your kids, take care of your husband, um, take care of your home, whatever it is that you have to do. And so just balancing the two and not um, putting forth, uh, putting your family last before your coaching. That makes sense. That's a really good model. But you do have to tell us now you got to share about this young person that's in your Twitter handle. And so you if you put somebody in your Twitter handle, that means they're important. So tell us oh, yeah. about this baby because everybody wants to know. We've seen the pictures. He's adorable and <laughs> he looks like he should be bald. And so tell the listeners about the baby. Well, um, he's definitely very uh, special. He's a joy um just one of the most ideal babies that you would love to have. Um, not a lot of people know um, what exactly happened to get him here um, during the delivery process, the labor process. Um, that was definitely a um, a miracle, I would say. Um, it definitely was not an easy uh, labor to go through. And so I'm really just grateful because God kept both of us here to um, just be in everyone's life that he um, that he's around. And so um, my Instagram not only belongs to me, it belongs to him, to him too as well. So that's why his name is also in my Instagram handle. Now, that is cool. I think understanding that there are also trials and tribulations that go on outside of the court. Because a lot of times mm-hmm. we don't see coaches as people we don't see them as regular people we like their coach oh that's just coach but Mm -hmm. you have things going on in your life there are issues that occur and things that arise with your family and with those around your family that makes it so difficult to keep maneuvering would you say i agree it's one of those things i'm just i'm really happy that we've had a chance to sit down and talk i know you've got a lot going and i know You've got because we're you're coming off vacation. We're trying to get some other stuff done. But I know you have been watching the tournament. I know that you have some tournament thoughts 
on the men's side and on the ladies' side. So what, right now, we have some upsets right now and the on the men's side. Some on the ladies' side, too, but especially on the men's side when we see that for the first time, I think, ever, we have a tournament with no number one seeds moving forward. Mm-hmm. So yep. when you look at something like that, and we talked earlier about NIL deals and the transfer portal, how do you see the NIL and the transfer portal having an effect on what's happening collegiately in basketball? Honestly, um, I love the NIL um, thing. I do believe that that is really big for um, the college kids, but the uh, transfer portal, I'm a little, I'm for it and I'm also against it um, because I do think that there should be some sort of limit on how many times kids can transfer because it just seems like a lot of kids have been in college for for a very long time and it just seems like, um, you know, it affects the kids that are in high school. And so the ones that are trying to get to college, I think that that has, it has the most effect on them. And so I think that, um, yes, absolutely. I believe that you should go somewhere, um, that works best for you and your situation. But then I also think that it's not okay for kids to be able to transfer three and four times throughout their entire college career. But that's just my opinion. I think that that's a little too much because I think that if you're really good, if you're good enough, and you're trying to get to the league or overseas or whatever the case may be that you'll get there. And so, um, but I do understand that there are some other situations like the mental health and maybe your coach is just not a good fit for you or whatever the case may be. I do absolutely, if you need to go somewhere else to do that. But then when it gets to like that third and fourth time, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> you know, but um, I do think the NIL is a very, uh, good and positive thing for the kids. You know, we were looking at some NIL deals and there's a young lady who just signed with team Jordan and it's one of the first of its kind deal. And it's one of those deals where you think to yourself, this is a balancing for the league. So let me ask you this coach. If young ladies get the opportunity to get NIL deals and they're able to be stable and not transfer a lot in the portal. Will that keep young ballers, young ladies who are ballers, will that keep them in America or will they be forced to go overseas to really chase the bag that they're looking for right now? Honestly, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I do think that um, the NIL deals help them, um, but I think it's more so once they get to um, the WNBA is where um, then we start to have those issues, uh, those financial issues. I do believe that, that women need to be paid more. Um, I understand um, they speak on like the fan base and the support for women's basketball, which is why they can't pay them as much as the men. But I do think that at some point there needs to be some sort of change so that they don't have to be forced to um, go overseas. Well, with that said, this will be the last question, and we're going to wrap it up as we get ready to move out of Women's History Month and Women's Empowerment Month. How do we equalize the playing field for lady ballers and lady athletes in sports, period, across the board? How do you equalize it? How do you make it 
where it's fair to the men and it's fair to the ladies who are athletes and competing on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. I think that if more of the men uh, support women, I think that's where it will start. Um, There are many of them that do. But I think if we could get more of the the male athletes to support uh, the women athletes, the female athletes, I think that that's where um, that it can start. That's a good tipping point that to me, that's a good motivational point to get male athletes involved more with the program, maybe more co-mingled programs where you're doing things together and really building a bond between your male athletes and your female athletes. But before we go, coach, let me ask you again, those who want to follow you, those who want to keep up with what's going on, not only with the lady Trojans, but with you, how do they follow you? How do they contact you? How do they keep up with you on social media? Um, again, if they want to follow me, uh, my Instagram is Darian underscore Elijah. Uh, my Twitter is Coach Straw 24, S-T-R-A-U-G-H. And my Facebook, of course, is Darian Strauder. Well, Coach, I know you got to get ready to go. And we would love to sit and talk to you and have you on again. So, when we start up next season, we want to do a preview show with the young ladies. Is it cool? We come over, we sit down, talk with you, talk with your staff oh, and, yeah. and your girls and, and make sure we give a, a good overview of what's getting ready to happen. For sure. Okay. All right. So before we go though, coach, tell those young ladies who are listening, tell those parents, tell the community in Highland, what is your goal for next season? What do you plan on doing? How do you plan on taking this from just sectional championship all the way to state? Um, well, the goal, of course, definitely is to get further than you did um, the year before. And so just starting off in spring and the summer, um, we're going to have a big, big off season. And so that's where it's going to start. And then just continuing the support that the community gives to the Highland Lady Trojans. Um, that's also a big help. And so that's what we're looking forward to is going further than we did before. Well, coach, we appreciate you and we appreciate your time and thank you for coming on. And I hope you had a good time because we had a great time. And I hope that our listeners learned something more of a trailblazer in who's making history right now. Her story is being told right here on the sizzle. You know who it is. You know what it is. G Sizzle's in the building. J Sizzle's in the building. You're listening to The Sizzle here on WGVE 88.7 FM. This is Coach Darian Strader on The Sizzle with J&G Sizzle. Did you know that you can listen to Iron Skillet Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor? It's easy. Look for Iron Skillet Sports or hashtag Skillet underscore sports for our latest episodes. We are Iron Skillet Sports. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That's so love, bro. Thank you for listening to The Sizzle, the hottest sports talk in the 219, here on Iron Skillet Television and Iron Skillet Radio. (laughs) 